moving on to the devotional for today, um, I want to think about the fear of God. And um, some of this will be essentially a confession on my part on my own attitude problems with respect to the fear of God. And also as it applies to the prayer meeting that we have. Um, so to start, Proverbs 9.10 is the passage. And it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not a graduate level course in the later stages of maturity. Um, it's that too, but it's the beginning, so that if we don't fear the Lord, we haven't even begun to be wise. And you see the, how knowledge is crucial as well. If we don't know the Lord, we, we won't fear him. And think of Pharaoh in that regard. In him, we see that connection between knowledge and fear, or in his case, the absence of it. Remember what Pharaoh first said when Moses commanded him in the name of Yahweh to let Israel go. He said, who is the Lord that I should fear him? He didn't have the knowledge of the Holy One, so he didn't fear God. He thought of God as someone he could ignore and dismiss, just like any other ordinary person uh, inferior to him. He may have thought of Yahweh as a non-existent fake God that he didn't need to pay, pay much attention to, much like you and I would regard Allah or Buddha. Why fear a non-existent God? Why pay him any mind? Or he might have thought Yahweh could be a real God. Uh, in the world of polytheism, he could be a real divine being, but he must be a lesser weak God than, than himself, Pharaoh himself, or the gods of Egypt. So that's the idea that they had in those days. There's many gods, and some are stronger than others. And if one nation goes to war with another nation, uh, the victor has the stronger God. And so this Yahweh of whom Moses spoke was at best a lesser God of a lesser people. And if Yahweh was worthy of fear and submission, then why were Yahweh's people slaves to Pharaoh? So he scoffed at Moses and at Moses' God. Who is Yahweh that I should fear him? And that's the attitude of the arrogant unbeliever but unfortunately, it's an attitude that can be found in us as well. Uh, we think about fearing God. I think about the third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And we fear God when we're very careful about how we use his name and how we speak of him. We don't use his name lightly or like any other person's name. We don't invoke his name for certain expressions we want to use that express shock or dismay or surprise. When it comes to taking vows before the Lord, uh, we take those vows seriously because we're calling in God as a witness to our vows. So if you think about the marriage vow, we're calling God as a witness and making our vows before him. But if we don't fear him, then we think of him as no one in particular someone who is not a particularly important witness and that his being a witness to our vows is insignificant such that we can then go about breaking our vows without any concern that almighty God was there as a witness. 
Um, with respect to church and the fourth commandment, we fear God when we make church attendance and the Lord's day a non-negotiable priority rather than an optional thing. We get to bed in a good time the night before so that we're well rested on Sunday morning. We show up on time. We're attentive. We require our children to behave and not be a distraction. We shut our phones off and refrain from texting during the service. Uh, we go to the bathroom beforehand. We, we comb our hair. We dress for the occasion. And I'm not talking about a legalistic dress code. I'm simply saying that if we were to meet, uh, have a dinner appointment or something with a very important person, some high ruler or dignitary, we would not show up in sloppy or even casual clothes. We would dress for the occasion. And it wouldn't be to impress other people. It would be because we're honoring the very important person that we're meeting with. So prayer, how do we fear God when we're praying? Well, if we think that God is a very important person, worthy of securing our undivided attention, then we will first of all pray. We will devote time to it, to pray to this really important holy God. When we come to God in prayer, uh, we won't have a casual and lackadaisical attitude about speaking with the Almighty. If there's a set time to pray, we'll do our best to show up on time. If we think we're meeting with someone really important, we won't fall asleep in the meeting. And if we think that we're weak and susceptible to falling asleep, we would think of ways ahead of time to prevent that. If we had an hour to spend with this really important God, then we would take care of any necessities in advance of the meeting so that we would not be tempted to get up and walk out in the middle of our meeting to do something we could have taken care of earlier. If we were to meet with this really important holy God in a corporate prayer meeting with others, as we are doing now, then when another member of the group is taking his or her turn to speak with God, we wouldn't be walking around during that, making phone calls, texting, checking emails, getting drinks, etc., while that other person is speaking with this really important holy God. It would be inconsiderate to the person speaking as well as to God. So what about Zoom prayer calls? How would we show that we feared God on a Zoom prayer call? Well, uh, cameras can be turned off on Zoom for different reasons, and I understand that. There can be reasons that are necessary, but we wouldn't do it so that we could focus on other things to do while only being partially and barely tuned into the conversation with this really important holy God. We wouldn't treat conversation with him, his majesty, like soft background music that is playing at work while we're working. Uh, we wouldn't show up, for instance, to in-person prayer meetings at our church and bring a bunch of things to work on while other people prayed. So Zoom is like many things. It can be a blessing or a curse. And when it's the only way that believers around the world can gather and hear and see each other on a screen and join hearts together to praise and petition our God, it is a blessing. But when it allows us to disrespect God 
in ways we would never do in a personal face-to-face meeting. It's a curse. Uh, Zoom prayer calls can bring out the worst in us. And it can fairly be said that it would be better not to show up at all for Zoom prayer than to show up merely in body, but not in spirit and fail to respect God and give him our undivided attention. So to be clear, I'm not your judge. Uh, Nobody owes me any explanations. And I've done everything I've just condemned. I have failed to respect God a number of times. So I am guilty and in need of forgiveness. But I invite you to repent with me and resolve to respect and fear God in these unorthodox Zoom prayer meetings. There's times when I just cannot be here, and there's times when you can't either. There's times when I'm late and I was trying to be on time and things just, um, I, I couldn't get it done. And But I decided it was better to join late than not at all. And we have to recognize God has called us to many things, lots of duties and responsibilities, and prayer is just one of them. It's not the only one. Uh, 24 hours a day is all we get. And sometimes in the providence of God, it isn't possible to be here. Prayer is not optional, but prayer at this particular time of day with this group is. Um, But if we want to be part of it and we're able to be part of it on any given day, then let's do so in the fear of God. And if we can't really participate, it's probably better not to join that day than to join and disrespect God by treating him as light as a light and inconsequential observer in the room. God is with us wherever we are, um, in our living rooms, in our offices, in our car, wherever we're joining. And though other people may not be able to see whether we're really paying attention or not, God can. And so if the Lord grants our request for revival, then of course what we would expect to see is the fear of God coming down upon people in a powerful way. It would be very ironic for a people to be praying for the fear of God to come down on our churches, on the nations in which we live, while not fearing him and disrespecting him in the prayer meeting itself. May God help us.